1: That's 800 760 1845
2: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports. How
3: about that? Down goes
4: Frazier! Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! The heavyweight champion is taking the mandatory eight out, and Foreman is as poised as can
2: be. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and internet history. If you get through this, Dragnet, is as slippery as a nail and a barrel full of oil. Pedro Fernandez.
5: Works for me.
6: Dames <laughs> Caballero, caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, live, worldwide, coming at you, emanating from the Sports Byline Studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitated but never duplicated, 37, make that 38-plus years now of knocking out all bums. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to the show, of course. I am your modest host. I'm also a four-time Golden Glove Champion, award-winning writer, so evidently I know my way around the ring. Bottom line is, for the next two hours, whether I do or not, we can have some fun. You can like me, you can hate me, bottom on this for the next two hours. We're talking boxing and mixed martial arts, too, a little bit. To an extent, we'll cover the UFC, but we're going to delve into the world of boxing like you've never seen it. We'll talk, with, of course, we'll hear from Oscar Valdez, the victorious 130-pound champion of the WBC. Of course, last night, shocking the world, shocking Miguel Burchill, a two-and-a-half, making out a, a three-to-one underdog. Come fight time, guess what? He lit Burchelt up like the White House Christmas Eve. And this was the Battle of Sonora, Mexico. Both these guys come to us from Sonora, Mexico. So we'll hear from Oscar. We'll also hear from the godfather, Larry Merchant. He'll spend some time with us. Coach John Johnson. Yeah, he's doing okay. I'm talking about the guy, of course, that orchestrated the upset of Mike Tyson, the meltdown of Mike Tyson by James Buster Douglas. He'll be here sometime in the show. We'll also hear from WBC President Jose Suleiman, and, of course, our favorite, brain doctor, Dr. Seti. Bottom line is he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to ask him about square boxing. That'll take place in hour number two, of course. Two hours of Ring Talk Live worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217, and like a thousand other internet platforms. Of course, we're also coming to you. This is the last rehearsal day of the Twitch.tv broadcast. After this, we're going for broke. Bottom line is you can watch us on Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. This is Ring Talk, live, worldwide, often imitated, but (laughs) never duplicated.
1: 1759. That's 800-846-2153. Now,
2: more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: The horns of the mighty Tower of Power bringing us back to the break for us, You can check them out, TowerofPower.com. They're rocking and rolling with, according to Cuddy, new musical drops. They're not albums or CDs anymore. They're drops according to the cut, man. So, Tower of Power's got some new drops out. Check it out, TowerofPower.com. Well, Saturday night, the bubble in Las Vegas, of course, the MGM Grand. What can I say? The young man came to fight. I'm talking about Oscar Valdez from Mexico. Of course, a fantastic fighter, a good amateur. I was in the Olympics, not once, I think, but twice, won the world championships as a youth. At the end of the day last night, uh, he was the world champion, 130 pounds, and it was a bit of a surprise because the Osmakers, some Osmakers had him down as many as five to one, four and a half to one. Of course, it closed about three to one. Uh, a lot of late money coming on Valdez. Valdez, of course, now 29 and 0. 23 knockouts. It was an impressive performance. He knocked Belchell down not once but twice. And I got to tell you, the, the first knockdown, you got to give the referee credit because the, the ropes did hold him up. And that constitutes a knockdown. In other words, the referee, the referee did the right move there. And, of course, at the end of the fight, it was just time to stop it. I mean, the man was out cold. He was knocked out clean. And you got to give it to Oscar Valdez because I'll mention this after we hear from Oscar. But I know I mention it now. He got down on his knees. You know, Beltral was on on the stool. You can see this picture at fightnews.com. dot com. It's all over the world. But you've got you, after the fight, Beltral wakes up after being knocked out. I mean, he was unconscious. He was sleeping. He took a nap. Okay, so he gets up, sits him on they sit him on the stool. He's all weary and this and that. And then Oscar Valdez comes over and gets down on his knees and starts talking to him. There's a picture of that up at at FightNews.com. And I tell you, folks, it almost made me cry this morning. I guess I must be a softie, but that almost made me cry. 29-0, 29-0 30, uh, 23 kills, of course. Beltreau dropped into 38-2 and with 34 wax. Here's Oscar Valdez post-fight.
9: He's a guy I have nothing but respect. And, you know, we said we we're, weren't friends after once we signed, and that was true. After the fight, you know, I want to go see him. I want to see him. I want to see him. I wish him the best. He can be the champ at 130 pounds. He, I think he struggled a lot to make plays, so I got nothing bad to say about him. He's a true champion. I hope. I wish him the best. How so you dominated from the first second till that knockout? What was going through your mind? Round one, round two, round four, round five. Stay focused. Stay focused. Always. Oh, he coming with a with a good body shot. I thought I was. Uh, I said, "Wow, he is hard." Every time I was hit his face, he had a strong. I felt like I was hitting a rock.
3: Okay. Um,
9: and he, uh, well, he, we, we got the, the, the thing done. I listened to my father, listened to my corner, and we got it done. Frank, well, you well, are, you've known him from day one from the Olympics. Oh,
3: yeah.
9: You remember you called me and you said, hey. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You were there. You went. Somewhere. And now, what do you say about him shocking the world and like biggest upset is Mike Tyson and uh No. Yeah? <laughs> yes? No, I yes. <laughs> oh, Calm, down, Calm down,
10: Oscar, after the win, you went like, shh. What, what did you mean by that, for those who don't know?
9: I mean, people doubted me. People doubted me. People said that I wasn't, boxing analysis, boxing experts, my idol said it. They all said I was gonna get knocked out. And I stayed calm. I said, okay, I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. There's nothing better in life than proving people wrong. And don't let nobody, I tell that to people, don't let nobody tell you you can't do something. Because if you start listening to it, you might start believing in it. Always believe in yourself, train hard, be disciplined in life, and anything's possible. Call it out, let, let the universe, and, let, and ask God for, for, for whatever you want and everything's gonna be accomplished. Oscar
6: Valdez, what can I say? A humble young man, no doubt about that. As I said, 29 is zip, 23 KOs. A 3-1 to one underdog come fight time. and You know, I looked at this fight saying, you know, can he chop down the bigger tree? That's what it basically boiled down to. And if you looked at these guys last night physically, I mean, Beltran walked in the ring at 146 pounds. I don't know what uh, Oscar Valdez's exact weight was, but he looked very small compared to Beltran. In fact, if it was all boiling down to size, I would have shut off the TV and said, Oscar's going to have a short night. But guess what? He won almost every... Every round, as I said, knocked him down twice, and in the end, was a hell of a stoppage, maybe the knockout of the year. At the end of the night, we've got a new star in boxing. and Boxing needs plenty of stars. Speaking of stars, guy who once was a star. I'm talking about <laughs> Adrian Broner. Remember Adrian? Yeah, Adrian pulled another boner, folks. I kid you not. Last night he fought Giovanni Santiago. Santiago came in undefeated, fourteen and zero, with a draw. Of course, the fight left. Um, he left the fight, left the ring, a loser after. Uh, twelve rounds. The scores were 115, 112, 116, 111, 117, 111. Now, get this. I'm gonna run these punch stats down to you. Now, you don't always believe in punch stats because numbers don't always numbers numbers sometimes uh, are deceiving, but not in this case. Okay. Um, the young man who lost the fight scored landed two hundred seven of six hundred ninety seven punches thrown. So he landed two hundred seven pu- two hundred seven punches in total. Right. Broner, not a power puncher per se landed 98 punches out of 308 thrown. How did they give that fight to him? Just on paper, that stinks, no doubt about it. But that's the way they do things over there in PBC. I'm talking about premier boxing champions and Mr. Uh, Al Heyman. At the end of the night, Broner is a loser. Was a loser going in, they call him a four division champion. You gotta be kidding me, a four you're trying to tell me you put him on the same level as Thomas the Hitman Hearns and Roberto Duran? You gotta be kidding me when people say that. Anyway, makes me want to puke. At the end of the night, Brunner was a winner. Let's hope that um he walks into a big brick wall real, real soon, because I'm sorta of tired of the Brunner Act, aren't you? bottom line is this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. On the line from Columbus, Ohio, I'm talking about the coach, John Johnson, man, the man that orchestrated the greatest upset in boxing history. I'm talking about the meltdown of Mike Tyson by James Buster Douglas. Coach, I love you. How you doing? I
5: love you, too, buddy. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. i try, trying to make them dreams happen.
6: You know, you scared me because I wasn't been able to contact you for a little while on the holidays, this and that. I wasn't seeing you, and I freaked out, and I told people on the air about two weeks ago, somebody find Coach John Johnson for me. He's not picking up the phone. Did you hear about that? Yeah, you know, you, you're calling
5: an old number, I think.
6: That shows you where I'm at. So, how, hey, listen, your health is good. Um, how's Buster doing? You talk to him? Yeah,
5: he's, he's doing good. He. You know, he's a boxing coach at one of the rec centers, and he loves it. He loves uh, working with kids. I I always say, I'm sure he's more comfortable around kids than his adults, you know. Yeah.
6: Not just his personality.
5: Excuse me. Okay. uh, uh, He loves being around kids, and so it's a perfect job for him, you know.
6: You got him that gig. That was pretty cool. Getting him that gig with the city of Columbus. Now, J.D. McCauley passed away a, a fortnight ago. Of course, he was one of Buster Douglas's trainers. Um, he had that barbecue pit, and I think it sort of worked against Buster because we, I don't know. You weren't there that day, but one day we were in the office, and they had barbecue at eleven a.m. Yeah, I, I don't.
5: I don't know. I, I
6: know. <laughs> I was this, there. Uh, I was there.
5: Yeah. Well, barbecue was you know. good. The barbecue, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, JD, JD was the most critical person of the of our team because he, when Buster went to him and said, "I'm going to restart my career. What do you think I should do?" And he said, "I think you should go see Johnny Johnson." And he called me and we set up the meeting. And six years later, you know, we went to Tokyo. So, but JD was awesome. he He's an awesome friend. Great trainer, great, uh, he, I tell you, he was a great trainer. People did great going into this Tyson fight. Mm-hmm. Maybe not always before, in fights and so on and so forth, Buster included, and maybe the training included and so on. But that, that fight, uh, there's great preparation, you prepare to win, and that's what happened.
6: Your heart stopped when he went down, didn't it? What's that? Your heart stopped when Buster got knocked down, didn't it? I don't no? no, you know, no,
5: no. What I did, I, this is going to sound crazy. I, when he went down, he fell towards us backwards, and as soon as he hit the floor, I turned for a split second and looked at my son who was sitting behind us, and my thought was then, I'm proud of him, no matter what happens. But then when I seen him roll over and hit the canvas, I said, well, he's okay. You know, and uh, he got up at the count of nine. And uh, the rest, and when he came back and sat down, I started yelling at him, you know, he's going to come like hell, you understand? <laughs> he's going to come like hell, because you know what point Mike was, you know, it, I'm gonna come and tear your head off. So you,
6: you know, one time we were kicking it, you and I, and I said to him, I said, "Why do you think James got in such great t- great shape against Mike Tyson?" He looked over at him. And he said, Cause, "Cause, we thought Tyson might kill him." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what you told me. You had to get in shape for a killer.
5: Yeah. I, oh, no doubt. Fighting Mike Tyson had a great, was a great motivator to to get ready. Because if you, you knew if you didn't get ready, he's gonna tear your ass up. You know, I mean, that was a you know, and I gained I gained great respect for Mike Tyson during that fight. I thought we'd make him quit. I thought we'll beat him up for six seven rounds and he'll say fuck it. You know, Uh, but he didn't quit. Coach, coach, and then then he got up. You know, um, and uh, we're not on HBO. yeah. Then he got up, and that was—I had great respect for him then because man, he was—he was hurt. He took a lot of
6: punishment. You he, know, he did. For anybody to try to say Mike Tyson wasn't in shape for that. They don't know boxing. coach for sure. I, I want to wish you the best. I want to thank All you for the, I want to thank you for the four letter words live on the radio which is going to get me in a lot I apologize. Of, which, is, which, is, I didn't go, which you know. is going to get me in a whole lot of trouble but you know uh, I am used to it. You have you been, get been getting me Coach, you been get me in trouble for 25 30 years. What the, what the
5: I hell? What the
6: hell? Anyway, love, love Kiss you. your wife. We'll talk soon. I sure will. All, All right. right. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Coach John Johnson, man. Of course, what can I say? We spent time together in Columbus, Ohio, on many, many occasions. I got to go back and do a lot of uh, uh, of television back there. Of course, the first time I met him and Buster, I talked to him on the phone the first time, and they set me up on an interview before he beat Mike Tyson. I was the only one that, that interviewed him prior to the Tyson fight. Everybody else said, "Ah, you're crazy." But Mike Marley of the New York uh, New York Post told me. He's challenging for the heavyweight championship. He deserves the respect to be interviewed. And I did, and he won. Straight up, life has never been better for Mike from Buster Douglas. And Mike Tyson, of course, a big awakening call. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide.
1: 800-693-8290. That's
2: 800-693-8290. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: Jeff Camelier on the guitar. Good old Jeff. Man, Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, Starship, Tower of Power, average white band, Jeff's made it around. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we are celebrating... The the win of Oscar Valdez, of course, captured the WBC title last night. What can I say other than right on? And I can't give him enough props for that picture that was on the front page of Fight News. Him on his knees in front of Burchelt, the former champion, Miguel Burchelt. The fact that he was there on his knees in front of him, giving him praise after knocking him out was just like, That was the epitome of of what's good about boxing. It just was. In fact, speaking of what's good in boxing, we'll bring in WBC President Jose Suleiman and hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Last night in the world of the barbaric cage fights, Derek Lewis knocked out uh, Curtis Blades. Blades was licking him like a stamp, but he got overconfident, didn't look for that uppercut. Basically, basic boxing. Ba- Listen, everybody's winning in the UFC today basically with boxing skills. I mean, once in a while they get guys on the ground, but for the most part, they're winning with boxing skills. Last night, Derek Lewis uh, took a licking for a long time. I thought he was going to get lit up like a White House Christmas tree. In fact, he was through a minute and 26 seconds of round number two until he knocked out Curtis Blades with one uppercut shot. Outside of that, you know I'm not a real super big fan of the UFC, but Francis Ngannou is coming back to talk about the the heavyweight champion of the world, uncrowned, uncrowned. Yeah, I know he's uncrowned, but he's a monster, folks. I kid you not. Francis has gone, a former professional boxer. Probably could have. He, I think he's going to come back to boxing. I really do. I think there's going to be. He's going to be a crossover star. I think once he licks Stipe Miocic in the rematch. Of course, they fought the first time, and Miocic, the former Cleveland. Ohio and, um, Ohio State Golden Glove Champion. Of course, he was a winner in that fight, a five-round decision. And, you know, as, as rough as it was in that first round for Miocic with Francis Zaganu all over him, um, I think he will not survive this next time around. Alexander Volkanovsky is going to be in the co-feature shaking on Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega, of course, is a guy that I thought they should have thrown in the towel against when he took on Max Holloway. They let him take 10 minutes of unnecessary beating. Once the competition is over, the fight should be over. Now I'm hoping that my next guest feels the same way. Of course, he is a doctor of note, Dr. Netanyahu. How are you, sir? Good, Pedro. How are you? I'm doing okay. So uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about your background. Before I, I, t- I always call people, I tell people you're my brain doctor. Tell me what your background is.
12: Uh, well, I'm a neurologist by training. Uh, so, you know, I do see a fair number of patients with concussions, traumatic brain injury, I head the concussion center at Cornell, which is in New York City. And I also serve as the chief medical officer for the New York State Athletic Commission.
6: You know, I was concussed one time in in Las Vegas. I fought in the National Golden Gloves at 147 pounds, which was a no-no because I'm 139 pounder. So I thought I would be lazy and not knock off the extra eight pounds. Anyway, I got knocked around. I got hit so hard that when I was on the ground Doc, I don't know if you can envision this or not, but the ropes were the ropes are horizontal in a boxing ring. But when you're knocked down, they're vertical. They run up and down. And I was freaking out. What is that? Up and down ropes? I couldn't believe it. But that was being concussed. That's right.
12: Uh, and what a lot of people don't understand is that boxing uh, and to an extent MMA are unique sports. They are combat sports. Every punch which is thrown to the head is thrown with the idea of winning by causing a knockout and a knockout is just another word for you can say it's a concussion so when you talk about concussion think about it as a closed head injury so when something hits the head the brunt of the force is borne by the skull the, the you know the skull t- tries to protect the brain mm-hmm. but some amount of force goes across to the brain and You know, as as boxing fans, we can divide concussions. We see a lot of concussions in boxing. and You can divide a concussion into a mild concussion, a moderate, and a severe concussion. If you allow me, I'll give you a few examples which will help make this point. A mild concussion, you walk into a stiff jab. A boxer walks into a stiff right. For a few seconds, that boxer is stunned. You'll see them. They're just, like, stunned for a second. A lot of these players, later, if you ask them, they say, I felt my bell being rung. But there's no loss of consciousness. The ref says, are you okay? He says, I'm fine. A- and, you know, the bout goes on. So point number one, you don't need to have loss of consciousness for a concussion to occur. You could be walking out of a room. You walk right into a door. You walk into a stiff jab. You, f- you see the stars. That's a mild concussion. Now, example of a moderate concussion, like a knockout in boxing. The boxer is knocked out. He's lying on the canvas. A lot of times they will not be able to get up before the count of 10 the ref will stop the fight now if you happen to be a ring size physician like me when i jump into the ring i'll sometimes find the box is unconscious but the loss of consciousness is very brief 10 seconds 15 seconds 30 seconds very rapidly the box will open his eyes but when they open the eyes you find them confused and disoriented, just the way you are given the example. So if, if you ask them things like, do you know where you are? He or she may not know they are in Madison Square Garden. Do you know whom you're fighting? They don't have the answer. Do you know what date is it today? You know, there's a little confused and disoriented. You give them a minute or so. They start clearing up. They'll say, hey, doc, let me get up. I know the fight is over. I know where uh, where uh, where am I? And that's like a moderate concussion. Mm-hmm. Now, a severe concussion will be something different. Like, for example. Last night? I'll give you. Uh, yeah, well, you, you can say that. Like, you know, where, where the, the episode of where the, the duration of loss of consciousness, the duration of this confusion is much longer. Like a lady I saw, she got hit by an e-bike. She flies off, head hits the cement. And her next memory is waking up in the hospital surrounded by doctors. She has no recollection of the bike hitting her, how she landed up to the hospital. So in a boxing fight, a boxer later says, I have really no recollection of the entire fight. My only memory is, you know, when the doctor was looking at me, I was so confused and disoriented. So that's like a more severe concussion.
6: Interesting. You know, when I threw... When I, when I worked amateur fights, I had a mission boxing club here in back in the 1980s, early 1990s here in San Francisco. And I had a lot of kids who were like 10, 11, 12 years old, 13 years old, this and that. And I was reluctant to let them have contact, but some of them did have contact and some of them competed. So when they, when they were in competition, I had a towel on my hand the entire, every second of the fight. I had a towel on my hand, much like Jerry Tarkanian of the uh, University of Las Vegas Rebels down there, the running rebels, except he used to, keep it to shut him up. I had it in my hand in order to throw it in the ring in case I saw my guy one of my kids with crossed eyes or something like that and the referee didn't see it because the referee is, is not perfect. But the bottom line is in the world of the UFC they let these guys take beatings that are this unparalleled. Those those cornermen should be arrested.
12: Well I'll make a you make a very important point. One important point which people need to understand special especially combat sport athletes, boxers, MMA Combatants, you know, I love uh, just like you. I'm passionate about these sports. I've been boxing myself, but, but I'm also very passionate about protecting the brain health of these athletes. One thing which athletes need to remember: they themselves at that time may not know they're concussed. A lot of times, the person who's concussed is, is is like in a daze. He or she might have that glassy look. They're slightly out of it. The ref says, "Are you okay?" He might just nod. He or she might nod their head and say, "I'm fine." but they are actually concussed. They, their legs are not under them. They're slightly swaying. You know that this guy, has, has his bell has been rung. Now, that's important because if you let a concussed athlete continue to fight, two things can happen. He he or she might recover, and that's fine. And we see them boxing all the time. Somebody goes down, gets up, finishes the fight, wins the fight. But, there's also a possibility that that concussed athlete can get hit again and he or she can suffer multiple concussions. And that's where things go down south. And we all are worried about somebody suffering a bleed in the brain. But remember, that bleed in the brain does not occur from one punch. It might be a series of punch which the boxer has taken over the few rounds. And so it's very important that you know, somebody at the corner. I agree with you. Somebody at the corner because the ref may not be in a position to do that. Somebody keep keeping account. How many times is my fighter getting his or her bell rung? How many times did they did I feel them stagger? At the right point in time, you need to know when to kind say enough is enough. When to say I think we can go forward. It's a very delicate sort of decision-making process. But but I've Doc stopped. Doc,
6: I've never seen I've never seen him throw a towel in in the USC. I've never seen him throw one towel in in all the fights.
12: Right, and you know that's that is a culture of combat sports. You you never say you never say oh. quit. You never say you never say I'm you know I'm going to I'm going to call it uh, call but, it a day. But. but. but
6: I got to say this: When the competition's over, the fight should be over. Uh, we'll stick around until after the break. Doctor said is our guest. Of course, he is our our man. Of course, come to us from the uh, University of John Hopkins. He's the director of uh, medical. Uh, he's a medical director of the New York State Athletic Commission. We'll talk with him more after the break. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live worldwide on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Radio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio Channel Two Seventeen, and like a thousand other internet platforms. You're tuned to Ring Talk.
13: Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash so you already know there's cash inside before opening it. But in this case, it's stuffed with your first year cash back match and you don't even have to send a thank you note. Cashback match only by Discover card. Learn more at discovercom match. Discover something brighter.
14: The spread of COVID-19 is still unchecked across the nation, and you need to keep your family safe. Make a new habit and check your temperatures twice a day, once before dinner and before leaving home in the morning. You can't afford to take chances, so use the Exergen Temporal Scanner. Its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies, and it takes an accurate reading in seconds. It's the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Quick and easy to use. You can count on Exergen to keep your family safe 24 hours a day.
1: That's 800-410-4771. Do you own a
16: timeshare but can't use it because of travel restrictions, a change in life circumstances, or perhaps you can no longer afford the monthly payments or annual maintenance fees? If you feel stuck or just need to get out of your timeshare, Newton Group is here for you. They are the nation's oldest timeshare relief company, which means you can trust them. Read the reviews. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, 4.7 out of 5 stars on TrustPilot, and a proven track record to legally relieve you from the financial burden of your timeshare. Getting out of your timeshare can be tricky business, so it's important you go with a company you can trust. And nobody, I mean nobody, has more experience than the experts at Newton Group. For your free consultation and your free consumer's guide to timeshare exit, call 877-WE-DO-EXIT. That's 877-WE-DO-EXIT. Why pay for something you aren't using? Give us a call at
2: 877-WE-DO-EXIT or visit newtonexit.com today. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: Never blame anybody for your own mistakes. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. You're inside. Look into the world of boxing. MMA, of course, comes to you from the Sports Byline Studios in the city by the bay. San Francisco, California. Of course, we take it to the East Coast. We bring in our resident brain expert, talking about Dr. Netan Doc, the reluctance of corners to stop the fight, the reluctance of athletic commissions. I mean, you've got doctors sitting ringside in Nevada watching this go down, and when a guy gets I mean, it's pretty obvious to me... Whoa, it's pretty obvious to me that a couple times the guys have been hurt to the point in UFC fights where you need to stop them and they're not getting stopped.
12: That's true. I mean, uh, Pedro, the the thing with these fights are, like I said, stopping a fight in time is 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 a difficult... Uh, I, I think it's a difficult decision for everybody who's there, ringside or cage side.
3: Mm-hmm. Without
12: commenting on the fight itself... Since I was not there, it will be irresponsible of me to comment on it. But yes, I think by and large, what the culture I feel should be, that we have to understand that fights have to be stopped at times in a timely fashion. You might get, a doctor might get heat uh, by the fans and sometimes justified if, he, if the fans feel, uh, they feel that the doctor stopped the fight a little prematurely. And, and and sometimes the boxer or, or the MMA combatant may be, may be upset about that. But at the same time, you understand it's better to stop it a little too early than a little too late. We all are, are concerned about the fact that if you stop it late, then that boxer, that fighter is never going to come back again. Sometimes these injuries can be so devastating, as I see as a, as a neurologist, that, you know, you don't get a second chance back in the ring or cage. I think that's the principle which personally me has always guided me. I, I always put the health and safety of the athlete okay. in front of me.
6: Speaking of speaking, but, of, speaking, of, hold on. speaking of health and safety, um, I was interviewing Mark Gaston. He was a former New York Jet, former NFL star. They call him the member of the SAC Exchange in New York City. Anyway, he was an NFL All-Pro all for a while, and I interviewed him in 92. We were doing a boxing interview together, and he had no attention span, none whatsoever, and I was wondering what's going on. I had to step on his foot to get his attention in a live interview. I kid you not, the elbow didn't work. So I thought about it a little while. I said to myself, you I know, mean, this guy's a little bit punchy. He's never taken any punches. And then I sat down with Gene Washington, who was formerly with the SF 49ers, and he was number 18. He was a wide receiver, and he used to catch the ball all the time and fall down. So I said to him, we were doing radio together, I said, Gene, why did you always fall down when you caught the ball? He goes, if I didn't fall down, I wouldn't be able to talk to you nowadays. Is the NFL that bad?
12: Well, again, I, I would say the NFL has done a lot to improve, the, uh, the, the, to protect the health and safety of the, of the athletes. Um, it's, a, it's unlike boxing, it's a contact sport, it's not a combat sport. But if you've ever been to an NFL game, head contacts are common. That further emphasizes that you know this is an ongoing work. As a, as a community, I would say, I would say as a boxing community, MMA community, football community, we all have to work together. I think that's where the education is very important. Like when what you are doing right now, I feel what I'm doing right now, the biggest thing I can contribute is education. Education for everybody, not just the athletes. It's for the trainers, for the coaches. Do you know, how many times an athlete gets sparred, uh, you know, while sparring gets a, a, a concussion? We don't even know, but we can prevent those concussions which occur in sparring. They are training for these fights. They are putting in forty, fifty rounds sparring before they come for these big fights. So again, that same point comes in that it's an ongoing work, and we are not there yet. Someday, people will look at, back at us and say, "Did they do enough?" And I want to, I want to, I want, I want to feel that we did enough. We did enough. We protected these athletes. We protected their brains.
6: Good enough. Doc, I always thank you for telling it like it is when you come on the show. It's an honor to know you. It's an honor to meet you. I hope we can hook up in the future real soon. The bottom line is with this this, this, uh, pandemic going on. Now, from your medical point of view, can you see some light at the end of the tunnel?
12: I do. I do see light at the end of the tunnel. I think the vaccinations are going on, uh, you know, for, for people who are listening to your podcast uh, please talk to your doctors about vaccines. They are safe. There's enough safety evidence about them. If you have concerns about the vaccine, discuss it with your uh, with your healthcare provider. I think the vaccines will be the way the world will open up. Uh, you know, an um, important thing is that, you know, when you work a ringside event, you remember you, you can get infected. You might, you might be okay, but you bring the virus back home and give it to your mother or father. So we all have to do a job. And I think... That's where, again, we have to come together and fight this pandemic.
6: You know, Dr. Sethi, you're my man, no doubt about that. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and telling it like
12: it is. We look forward to
6: seeing you real soon.
12: Take care, Peter. Thank you for having me on.
6: The great Dr. Netan Sethi, folks, he just rocks and rolls. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline.
2: now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: It's always real on Ring Talk Live worldwide. Let's take it across the pond to the UK and bring in our ace. I'm talking about Mr. Kenny Rainford. What's up, Big Ken? Hey,
10: not all. <laughs> how's, hey how's life treating you? I'm good. I'm good here. Yeah. Everything's okay, you know. Lockdown's a bit of a. Bit of a bad one, but you know, hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know.
6: Well, according to my last guest, who's a uh, neurologist on the uh, on the East Coast from the New York City Athletic Commission, he sees light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'm all for the vaccine. You know, I took the measles vaccine when I was a kid, and I took the polio vaccine when I was a kid, and I'm 63 years old, and I'm still doing okay. So I think those vaccines work. So I've got a little faith. The, all of the medical professionals that I talk to say that the vaccine is a go. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, anyway, how are people taking this in the UK? Are they getting the vaccine?
10: Yeah, we've got about 17 million plus people vaccinated up now. And, uh, you know, they're really putting the foot down with it, you know. That's good. Have you talked to your buddy Ernie Shavers lately? I spoke to Ernie a while ago. Um, he's doing okay. Yeah, he's uh, and he's Ernie. You know, he's always a bubbly character. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, hopefully we get him on the show one day.
6: Yeah, I've had him. I've had him before. <clears throat> and I will get him again. You know... I'm thinking about Ernie and, and, and other heavyweights, and somebody sent me a picture of Michael Dokes today, and they don't realize what a piece of dirt Michael Dokes was. I mean, he, he damn near sexually assaulted a girl that I was dating in an elevator at the uh, L.A. Forum uh, at the hotel across the street. He was arrested for rape. Anyway, the bottom line is he has left the planet, but, you know, he's nothing – He's not a, he's, he wasn't a positive force in the world of boxing, much like Ernie Shavers. Not only can Ernie punch, Ernie never had any any uh, any issues. I mean, you didn't see Ernie like beating up women or domestic violence or drunk driving, none of that kind of stuff. Ernie was clean.
10: And he's the cleanest athlete I've ever come across in my life. He's never drank, never smoked. Um, his biggest vice is ice cream.
6: All uh, right, You know, I I I, I <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> ice ice cream and soda are probably my two weaknesses. I don't want to go there. Um, what's happening with Josh Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury? Are these
10: guys ever going to fight? Oh God, it seems like it's. it's there were some pictures put up of uh, Tyson Fury the other day with him carrying some weight, saying, "Is this a guy really in really training for a fight?" The thing with with Tyson Fury is he has to carry weight, otherwise he burns out. Uh, you'll understand what I'm talking about yeah. there, you know, but he, he carries, he's, he hasn't got the greatest physique in the world, so when he does carry a bit of weight, he doesn't carry it well. So, but come come fight time, he be in shape. I think it's a match room thing where they're trying to drag it out because of the uh, inactivity that Fury's had, trying to, trying to play games in that department. Um, but, you know, I'm not too sure. We had some, We had some great fights last night, you know, some good fights. Um, what did you
6: think of the fight we had here in the states between Bert uh and Oscar Valdez?
10: Listen, let me tell you this much: that Valdez has either got bricks in his hands uh, or some some kind of dynamite. Because it was a very very impressive fight, and I made up for him. But if you look at a couple of the left hooks, he was staggering uh, Belchev with early on in the fight. It was look it, it looked like he was using the inside of the glove. Not the knuckle part. The actual knockout was the the knuckle part of the glove. But if you look at it closely, his um, his is left hooks were, were, were landing with the uh, with the inside of the glove. You know.
6: Bottom line is, you know, Mr. Valdez, a a uh, an outstanding amateur, of course. Frank Espinosa signed him, and Frank is a boxing manager, and he goes back with me like to the eight, 1980s. I remember when he, he was just like a boxing fan, and then he started getting these different champions. Of course, he spotted Oscar Valdez at the Olympics, no doubt about it. Valdez is a good fighter, but is he too small to fight at 130? Did you
10: see the size discrepancy last night? I did, but he made up for it in punching power.
6: <laughs> you know, um,
3: but, but, but how
10: often, but, but, but I gotta
6: ask you, you're the boxing expert. How long, how often does that, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like to be the best way to, um, navigate your course as you move up in weight. In other words, if you move up in weight, you should be able to put on a few pounds and look like a 130 pounder. He looked like he was a 122 pounder compared to that guy last night.
10: Yeah, well, you know, we had we had a, a similar uh, fight in in Britain last night with uh, uh, Mirko and Charlton, mm-hmm. and Charlton looked like yeah, oh my god, he looked like twenty pounds heavier than, but he, he still got beat, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
10: but like like you say, it's uh, it's better to look, um, it's better to look like he you carry, you know, like he you can you can use use the division to its full extent with your size, but you know, size does help. Uh, along the road with the reach, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know. Well, you know what they say, you know what I say size
6: matters in two things pornography and combat sports.
10: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Kenny you know.
6: Rayford's our guest. Um, <laughs> that's too
3: much.
10: I, you were talking about Michael Dokes there. People yeah. forget, you know, Michael Dokes was a sparring partner for Ernie in 1977 when he fought Ali. Uh, Michael was brought in as a sparring partner because obviously he had re- extremely fast and
3: mm-hmm. fast
10: hands. And, uh, you know, um, in, 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 I remember reading an, a ring magazine article and they asked Mike Dokes who's the hardest punch he ever fought. And he said, oh, oh, Mike Weaver in the, uh, in the second fight we had. And then he went, No, no, take that back, take that back. Any shavers when I sparred with him for the Harley fight with six, with 20 ounce gloves on.
6: You, you know that, that fight with, uh, uh, Mike Weaver and Michael Dokes was a fix, right?
10: Oh, yeah. I mean,
6: the referee, referee Joey Curtis, never, ever worked again. He never worked. He never – they would never license him for an event again. In other words, they didn't say the fight. They didn't come out and officially say the fight was fixed, but the referee never worked again, and that was one of the most atrocious stoppages probably in the history of the
10: sport. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean I remember it vividly. They were fighting, and all the cornermen were fighting in the ring after the fight. Oh, it was just—it was just a classic uh, Don King maneuver uh, to get, you know, to get a WBA title under his belt via Michael Dokes. You know? and, and,
6: and I will say this: and Joey Curtis had no class because there he was posing with Michael Dokes at the post-fight party, taking pictures. Oh, that doesn't look good. No, it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't. It doesn't look good. Hey, so Josh Warrington got upset a fortnight ago. Um, my guy, the Prophet. I'm talking about our boxing PhD, Socrates Palmer. He sort of picked that one. Um. What happened to him? Is is the fact that he can't punch? Is that is that sort of the demise of, of fighters from from the U K and fighters from from the from the United States as well? Like Barry Gordy, who started Motown Records, Eddie Futch told him, "You'll never be champion because you can't punch." He was thirteen and two with only four knockouts, so he told him he couldn't punch. Is that what the story was with Warrington that he can't punch and eventually it came home to, to roost? The
10: fight the fight was over from round four. He was out of it from round four. Um, you know they're making. I mean, they were building Josh Warrington up to be the next super superstar and all the rest of it. And I, I, I didn't jump on that boat at all. And sadly for Josh, he got found out last week and uh, got knocked out brutally, brutally knocked out. But like I say, the fight was over from the fourth round. You know, any a, a, a lot of referees would have stopped the fight in the fourth round. No ways about it, but. It's just one of them, you know, was he believing his own newspaper clippings and not training like he should do? He's asking for a rematch. Right, Is that a good idea? I don't know. But, probably
6: not. Like but, said, all right. On the flip side, though, Josh Taylor from Scotland, he, he's looking really sharp.
10: I mean, I've got high hopes for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, don't have, you don't have it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm just cautious to say, to say anything because we're getting so many upsets just lately. It's unbelievable, you know. Well, listen, there's
6: nothing wrong. With, listen, I, I knew a guy that went to the Hall of Fame. His name was Jack Fisk, who was born Jacob Finkelstein. He was a chronicle boxing writer for 35 years, and he was notorious for getting all his predictions wrong, but he went to the Hall of Fame, so he did something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm going to let you go, but always, you're always a class, act. It's great to have you on. Take care of everybody in the U.K. and give them my best.
10: No problem, buddy. Take it easy.
6: We'll do another Raincast, okay?
10: No problem. Anytime.
6: That's what these are called, folks. Raincast. You can catch them at anchor.fm after the show. You are tuned to Ring Talk live, worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing MMA. The guy I'm real high on, no doubt about it, (laughs) Josh Taylor from the UK. I mean, he is the guy, he's the junior welterweight champion right now. I think he's a stud. I think he's the best fighter maybe in Europe. I kid you not. You know, I mean, Luke Campbell came from Europe. We saw what happened to Luke Campbell. He took on, of course, Ryan Garcia 49 ago. Speaking of Ryan Garcia, is that fight with Manny Pacquiao is that going to be done or not? Is he going to do it? Is it an exhibition? And speaking of exhibitions, I'm I'm not game for exhibitions. Some of you out there are suckers and you paid for that Mike Tyson Roy Jones thing. Well, shame on you. I mean, just send me your money. I will find something more entertaining than that. Believe me, I can I can get a couple of dogs on the street to look do engage in a better fight than those two guys engaged in. Of course, I think they they set you up and they took your money. I mean, Mike's a nice guy and all that kind of good stuff. I don't want to piss him off. He's got his own weed brand, the whole nine yards. But that was a bit that was a bit of a stinker when you charge somebody like fifty bucks to watch you and some guys spar for eight rounds, two minute rounds. Give me a break. That is a ripoff. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. This is hour number one of two. On the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, of course, for Sunday, uh, February 21st, 2021. And hour number two of Rink Talk Live Worldwide. I will bring in Mauricio Suleiman of the World Boxing Council and more. Hour number two of Rink Talk Live Worldwide. Forthcoming after the news right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. iHeart Radio and Sirius XM satellite radio channel 217. You are tuned to Rink Talk Live Worldwide. Stay tuned. Hour number two, Forthcoming.
4: USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. Millions of Texans are still under boil orders for their water as the state works to recover from last week's winter storms. Federal assistance will begin to flow into the state after President Biden approved a federal disaster declaration for about 30 percent of counties in the state. Galveston Mayor Craig Brown says that despite getting power and water restored, his city is still in need. He tells Fox News Galvestonians are most in need of plumbing services.
14: Right now, we've got water, we've got electricity. We have a number of individuals that are still out of their homes because of broken pipes and can't get water into their homes. We need water. We are bringing that in. We have helicopters coming in uh, this afternoon to deliver water to our city. And we also need plumbing companies and plumbing supplies. We're out of that. We need to get these uh, leaks
4: fixed and get our residents back in their homes. This is USA Radio News.
8: Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You could save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, Very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's
4: 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. A judge has put a temporary hold on a controversial South Carolina abortion law just days after it was enacted. Wendy King has the details from the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau.
15: A federal judge has issued a temporary restraining order on South Carolina's controversial new fetal heartbeat abortion law. This just one day after Governor Henry McMaster signed it. The judge said she issued the order because the law would prevent Planned Parenthood's patients from getting an abortion before fetus viability, as guaranteed by the 14th Amendment. The restraining order will allow some patients who had appointments to receive abortions. Planned Parenthood said they filed the lawsuit because it prevents abortions before many people know they're even pregnant. That means it's in effect a total ban on the entire procedure. The judge ordered a hearing on the matter for March 9th. From the USA Radio News Pacific
4: Northwest News Bureau, I'm Wendy King. And this is USA Radio News. Actress Olivia Munn helped police corral a bad guy. USA Radio News' Mike Fortier
11: reports. The actress is friends with a man whose mother was attacked this week by a man on a New York City street in Flushing. Munn shared with her hundreds of thousands of social media followers a surveillance video of the attack on the 52-year-old woman. A suspect was arrested Thursday, and Munn says it's due in part to the Internet.
15: It was an amazing moment of just seeing how powerful the collective can be when we kind of you know, become an army together.
11: Munn on CNN Friday, she credits the NYPD for their quick response.
15: The fact that I could DM the NYPD on social media and say, hey, this happened to my friend's mom. Here are some pictures. Can you help me amplify this? I got a response right away, and they had a wanted poster out, and they
3: were on top of it.
11: Munn says hearing of the arrest was an emotional moment for her. The victim, by the way, needed 10 stitches, but her son says she's doing okay. For USA Radio News, I'm Mike Fortier. And former
4: President Trump will speak to CPAC this week. Val Dior reports from the USA Radio News, Texas Bureau.
15: The former president will address the Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, in Florida. He'll speak about the future of the Republican Party and the conservative movement. CPAC is in Orlando, Florida, this year from February 25 to 28. It's his first major public appearance since he left the White House. And it's said he'll take on President Biden's immigration policies as well, which are proving to be the polar opposite of the Trump administration. From the USA Radio News, Texas Bureau, I'm Val Dior.
4: And for USA Radio News, I'm Dan Naraki. Now is a great time to replace
14: your worn-out windows during the Renewal by Anderson 25-Year Savings Event. Upgrade your home today. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Call now. Get four windows and get the fifth one free, installation and warranty included. Renewal by Anderson takes every CDC-recommended safety precaution to protect your family. For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs, and you can, too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement
1: offer. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992.
8: Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details.
2: Ladies and gentlemen. Live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports.
3: Maynard and Edgar putting on a show. Wow.
2: And now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history. It is all over
3: just like oh right
2: that. Pedro Fernandez.
6: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Romsey Caballeros, bienvenidos. ladies and gentlemen. Emanating, coming at you from the multi-million-dollar Sports Byline Studios. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitated, but hardly duplicated. My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to the longest-running fight show history—37, make that 38 plus years now of knocking out all bums. We come to you live, of course, Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, live on Sports Byline iHeartRadio Radio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217, and like a thousand other internet platforms. Bottom line is, this is hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We'll be joined in a few minutes by the president of the World Boxing Council, Mr. WBC. I'm talking about President Mauricio Suleiman, of course, the son of Jose Suleiman. Don Jose will be in the house always. His spirit is here. Bottom line is, we're talking boxing and MMA if you want on the toll-free, 800 878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Of course, there's also the Guilfrey No Commitment Text Line. You can text us here in the studio. The number? 415-275-1613. The studio text line once again. The number? 415-275-1613. Well, guess what? We are celebrating the coronation of a star, I think. I think he is the heir apparent, possibly to greatness, if he doesn't get outsized. Of course, size matters in two things, combat sports and pornography. We're talking combat sports. I'm talking about Oscar Valdez, the former WB 126-pound champion, stepped up to 130 pounds last night and squelched. I mean, wow, he lit up. Miguel Burchell, the 3-1 to favorite, like the White House Christmas tree, stopping him around 6. We'll talk about that in depth after the break. And Mauricio Suleiman at about 22, 23 minutes past the hour. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on Sports Byline. iHeart Radio, Sirius XM, satellite radio channel 217.
1: That's 800-846-2153.
0: Do you own an annuity? Either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free.
1: 800-760-1845. That's
2: 800-760-1845. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
13: How does that grab you? Well, I'll tell you right after I get violently ill.
6: My buddy Al Lewis, a.k.a. Grandpa Munster, had a restaurant in New York City. Used to greet people. I kid you not. The restaurant went downhill when he was healthy sort of went downhill, but the bottom line is he used to greet people. In fact, I knew people that went to New York City and they would meet Grandpa Mustard. and they'd send me like Phone messages. Guess what? I met Grandpa Munster. You know? So may he rest in peace. Al Lewis was his real name. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing MMA. Of course, celebrating the win of a, uh, hopefully, I think, a, a, a boxing star in the future. I mean, he's a star right now, a two-division champion, but I think he he may be a guy that Mexican fans might be able to get enamored with. Of course, he speaks English. Very good English. Talk about Oscar Valdez. Of course, a two-time Olympian with Mexico in 2008, I believe, uh, Olympic World. I take that. Back a world amateur champion as a youth. Um, His record now, 29 and zip, 23 KOs. Wow, what can I say last night? He took on Miguel Burchelt, and Burchelt was supposed to be like the next coming of God at 130 pounds. He was going to knock everybody dead. In fact, the big bets were on Burchelt to to win by knockout. Well, guess what? It didn't go down that way. In fact, after two knockdowns, Oscar Valdez was the WBC 130-pound champion. Props to Oscar.
9: He's a guy I have nothing but respect. And... You know, we said we're one of our friends after the once we signed him. That was true. After the fight, you know, I want to go see him. I want to see him. I want to see him. I wish him the best. He can be champ at 130 pounds. He, I think he's he struggled a lot to make plays, so I got nothing bad to say about him. He's a true champ I hope I wish him the best. As you dominated from the first second till that knockout, what was going through your mind? Round one, round two, round four, round five. Stay focused. Stay focused always. Oh, he coming with a, with a good body shot. I thought I was. A, I said, "Wow, he is hard." Every time I hit his face, he had a. strong. I felt like I was hitting a rock.
3: Okay. Uh,
9: and he uh well he we, we got the, the, the thing done well, I listened to my father, listened to my corner with Eddie reynoso and we got it done. Frank, oh, you've, you've known him from day one from the Olympics. Oh yeah. You remember you called me and you said hey Oh yeah, I remember that. You were there. You went tomorrow. And now what do you say about him shocking the world to like biggest upsets is Mike Tyson and uh the... No. <laughs> yeah? No, yes. Yes. Calm Where Oscar after the win
10: you went like shh what what did you mean by that? For those who don't know?
9: I mean people doubting me. People doubted me, people said that I wasn't, boxing analysis, boxing experts, my idol said it. They all said I was gonna get knocked out. And I stayed calm. I said, okay, I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. There's nothing better in life than proving people wrong. And don't let nobody, I tell that to people, don't let nobody tell you you can't do something. Because if you start listening to it, you might start believing in it. Always believe in yourself, train hard, be disciplined in life, and anything possible. Call it out, let, let the universe, and let, and ask God for, for, for whatever you want
3: and
9: everything's going to be a
6: company Before I delve into history, of course, with some Time Tunnel music here, I want to say this. Oscar Valdez, After the Fight, you can look at the post at fightnews.com. It's all over the internet. John Johnson, of course, the coach that melted down Mike Tyson via Buster Douglas back in 1990, he talked about it in hour number one. It was the greatest photo I've seen him boxing in a long time. It brought a tear to my eye. There was the knocked-out former champion sitting on a stool trying to collect his thoughts, and there was Oscar Valdez on his knees in front of him giving him props. I mean, that was that was the ultimate, no doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking into the world of boxing, MMA, of course, Boxing history. We've got our own house of story. His name is Grandmaster Bill O. Of course, he comes with us from South San Francisco, California. February 21st, uh, Richmond, California. Wow, 19, he goes back to 1910. Was he, was he alive in 1910? I mean, Bill's old, but he ain't that old anyway. Abe Walgast, KO, uh, 40 rounds, battling Nelson to win the World Lightweight Championship. That was over in Richmond, California. 1960, Fighting Harada made his pro debut in Tokyo, Japan. Of course, one of the greatest fighters in the history of that country. Um, 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 um 1987... Uh, Carlos De Leon, one of my sparring partners. I kid you not. I did like 75 rounds with him. Actually, I was his sparring partner. He was a WBC Cruiserweight Champion at the time. I think that was 190 pounds was the weight limit back then. But he was getting ready for Bash Ali. He said he needed somebody fast. They got me to work with him. I think I worked a total of 75 rounds, 75 three-minute rounds with Carlos De Leon. I learned a little bit, but the bottom line was he never did anything to me. I mean, he just sort of sat back and tried to pick off my blow. So, Carlos De Leon, on his day in 1987, KO4, uh, Angelo Ritali retains the WBC Cruiserweight title. 1987. <laughs> Bobby Chess, my man. How did you blow that Showtime gig, man? DUIs. I mean, Bobby was kicking ass. He was like, he's a he's a genius. One of those guys, I can't remember what they actually call those genius guys. But anyway, he's got a certain status to him. And yet, he was stupid enough to get popped for DUIs not once but twice when he was working for Showtime. I mean, you get popped the first time, get somebody to drive for you. That's what I understand. If you're making big money, you can get somebody to drive for you. That's not... Mm, anyway, bottom of the... Ches hasn't been seen since then. That was the end of his career. The end of his career, both uh, before, uh, in front of the mic and behind the mic. Anyway, 1987, Bobby Ches uh, KO'd the Sandman, Willie Edwards, and he second round to retain the IBF light heavyweight title. Of course, um, I wouldn't call that. Anyway, it wasn't a great fight, and Willie Edwards not the greatest fight in the world. Tucson, Arizona, Dennis Andrews knocked out Tony Willis on this day in 1989, and I was there. I'm going to tell you about this, okay? It was a nighttime fight. Emmanuel Stewart was there, and he's long passed. He's he's passed on, so I think I can say this. But anyway. I'm watching this fight and I follow Tony Willis into the dressing room. Okay, because Tony Willis is trained by I think Emmanuel Stewart was training him at the time. So I went. He was undefeated. He was a favorite coming in here. Dennis Andrews was considered an old man. Of course, we would find out that wasn't true. But anyway, Tony Willis came in here undefeated, but he was a co-kid. I didn't know he was a co-kid until we got into the dressing room. So we get into the dressing room post fight and this guy got all beat up. And I'm saying to myself, man, he's supposed to win. This is supposed to go down this way. I mean, in other words, when you when you look at something and you say, well, this is the way this 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 painted wall is going to be after after we paint it." And then it's different after the ball well, You start scratching your head. Well, that's the way this was because I couldn't figure out how this kid with all this ability lost to this so-called old man. Well, as I said, Dennis wasn't old anyway. Tony Willis. I go into the dressing room and I'm watching him and this and that. You know, I'm, I'm watching intense. I've been in the dressing room with a lot of guys post fight, and it's pretty trippy because they're emotional. I mean, like Lennox Lewis' pace is like a lion, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay, until he cools off, he's almost hyperventilating. Uh, hyperventilating. Anyway, Tony Willis sat down on a stool and his corner and he reached out into a sock and i watched him pull out something from his sock and i'm looking at it real close and i'm saying to myself you know that looks like a little white plastic bag full of cocaine and guess what that's exactly what it was a bag full of cocaine in other words tony was such a coke freak that he couldn't leave his coke in the locker he had to keep it in his sock i mean if you think that's a lot well think about this remember kitty kitty came K- K- with antifashi he lost a fight to Robert Carroga back in 1995 or 1996 somewhere in Texas. Can't remember where the exact city was, but he got knocked out. He was in uh, permanently injured from that fight. But when they went drug, drug him back to the dressing room and took off his cup or in the ambulance, they found cocaine in his cup. So he was hiding cocaine in with his genitalia. I kid you not. Well, cocaine addicts won't do. <laughs> I kid you not. And the last day, Harry, uh, Harry Matthews, former light heavyweight champion, dies in Seattle on this day in 2003 at the age of 80. He could fight a little bit. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. That is our historian brought to you by Grandmaster Bill. Grandmaster Bill uh, celebrating being clean since December fifth, two 2014. Of course, every day is a challenge, but like I say, Bill O has a challenge in front of him. And I said to yourself, Bill O, if you can stay without drinking that long, I think I can go without drinking as well. And I'm not a big drinker. I had maybe one or two or three drinks a month, per se. <clears throat> um, but I, don't, I haven't had a drink since June of 2019. And that has a lot to do with just living up and helping out Bill O. Bill is a great example. He's my house historian. And we give him props, no doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. Your inside look into the world of boxing, MMA. Next up, WBC President Mauricio Suleiman. You're tuning rink talk live worldwide. It's Saturday
3: night and I'm just hanging out. Looking for a place to party. I jumped into my ride
6: and it hit the road. Cause there's only one place to go down to the night.
7: Trusted renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free
1: window when you buy 4 800 413 6992 800 80-413-6992. That's 800 413 6992
8: Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit renewal
11: for details.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: 24 minutes past the hour, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, hour number two, February 21st, 2021. We take it south of the border and bring in the WBC president Mr. Mauricio Suleiman. Of course, he's son of the great Don Jose Suleiman. How are you, Mauricio? Fine, fine. Thank you so very much.
18: And, uh, very happy to be once again, here and excited
6: to be part of this great program. Okay. Excited. Exciting was last night. Oscar Valdez, of course, coming up with the the knockout, of course, of the defending champion, Miguel Burchelt coming in the 10th round, I believe. Uh, what what a war. It, you know, but afterwards, it was Mexican Civil War, this Battle of Sonora in no, Mexico. I think they both live in Sonora. But afterwards, it almost made me cry when I saw the picture this morning, Mauricio, and I kid you not, because I do have a little bit of heart in me. I get a little soft. As I got, to, I, I saw... Oscar Valdez on his knees in front of Bertelt, who was on the who was sitting on the stool trying to collect his thoughts. And I thought that was the greatest picture I've ever seen in boxing. In boxing history, that's the greatest picture I've ever seen. So humbling, so powerful message on how
18: boxing is such a noble and humble sport. Uh, every single fight, both fighters enter the ring and they pray that their opponent and themselves make it out of the ring with health, and they pray that uh, uh, that everything is good. And when the bell rings, when the fight is over, they both always go and hug each other and appreciate each other, recognize, and and that's the beauty of this great sport. After, after hitting each other and, and being brutal, uh, then from one second to the other, everything changes, and
6: it is all praise and uh, sportsmanship, and that's why I love the sport of boxing. You, you my mother was my re- my running coach, and she was the one that got me in shape. There's no doubt about. It. I give her a lot of a lot of props. But after the, I mean, after the fight, she would be talking with the with the other fighters' mothers. You know what I mean? There was there was like a camaraderie. It was a family. They sort of came together, I and mean, before the fights, they would say good luck and that kind of good stuff. But afterwards, they were fan. They were like family. Yes, yes, that's. And and that's that's the
18: way it is. The corners embrace themselves. They recognize each other. And it's a great uh, sport. And uh, I believe this is uh, unique. This is something difficult to find when there's so much rivalry and when there's so much at stake because you lose or you win. And then uh, you take it and, and move on and and become better all the time. Okay, what's new in the WBC? Well, we have uh, many things great going, uh, great things going. Uh, we had last night, which is a mandatory title defense by mm-hmm. Uh Next week, we have two mandatory fights. The flyweight champion, Martinez, against William Arroyo, who is a mandatory, and Canelo Alvarez against Avni Gilderim, who is a mandatory. Uh, Gilderim may not be known, uh, but uh, he has earned his right. He had a tremendous fight with Derail. He was on the way to victory when the fight was stopped due to a cut, accidental headbutt. Uh, And he has been waiting for two years for this uh, mandatory where where he was appointed by the WBC. So it should be a great entertaining event in Miami. I'm flying out there Tuesday. I'm very excited about it. And then in March, we have Chocolatito against uh, Estrada, another sensational fight uh we have uh, a few unification bouts on the line uh planned for for the summer the w b c is doing everything to try to unify and to get champions to have uh two three or the four belts so people can see
6: uh undisputed champions okay um i gotta ask you uh, canelo Alvarez, what what does he mean to the Mexican people? He is, without a doubt, uh,
18: the most popular fighter in Mexico today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, he's the force of boxing worldwide. He's a pound-for-pound king, and he's the driving force behind the sport of boxing. Uh, He means uh, very much. He has always had uh, some opposition, like everyone who is successful, Mm -hmm. uh, since he's uh, good-looking and He was very. He became famous having a beautiful, famous uh, girlfriend uh, from television. So that brings envy, and uh, people continue to always compare him to Chavez, compared to Marquez, to the champions from the past, and they don't uh, appreciate what what he has done in the ring. But that's a small sector. In reality, he defeated Koto, uh, he defeated Triple G, he knocked out Kovalev in light like, heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, he's a fighter who has won the hearts of the people outside the ring. He's always willing to do charity work. He calls and, uh, and helps kids who have specific needs and... Uh, What I most recognize and admire about Canelo Álvarez is his discipline and his work ethics. Uh, When you become multimillionaire, that comes with uh, temptations, with fame, money, glory. And it is not easy. Like Marvin Hagler said, it is not easy to wake up in the morning when you have uh, to do your road work when you have silk
6: pajamas. So... (laughs) Cadello is a real uh, force of the sport, and I'm very proud of him. You know, TV girlfriends don't always work out for everybody. I'm proof of that. But, the, <laughs> I just, you know, I had a little run down there in Tijuana with a nice sports lady for about a couple years, and it didn't work out. Um, I want to ask, oh, hey, listen, your mother's still alive, right? Yes, thank God she's still alive, and she's getting her vaccine this week. You know, do you know how lucky you are, my brother? I mean, none of us have mothers anymore. I mean, none of us have mothers anymore. In fact, when you, when you told me that you were going to spend Valentine's Day with your mom, I said, man, it sort of like brought a tear to my eye because I can't. Yeah, uh, mom,
18: she, she's such a wonderful woman. She was so strong uh, to support my father. My father had to leave uh, constantly on trips to form what the WBC is today. When he became president in 1975, uh, the WBC only had 23 countries affiliated. Today we had we have 168. And he did it by going and traveling the world. There was no fax. There was no internet. There was no cell phone. There was no social media. Everything had to be done face to face. And uh, he worked so hard. And he always relied on my mom, who was our father and our mother at the same time. <laughs> with uh, six kids all alone doing all these uh, uh, problems with schools and with baseball and all this, and she's just a wonderful,
6: wonderful woman who always opened uh, her heart to the boxing community. Well, lucky you can still talk about her in the present sense. Um, Back to Canelo Alvarez, the good discipline you talked about. I'm not going to bring up names, but... I can look back in history of some of the the great Mexican fighters who who lacked discipline who who had a few drinks or went in different directions and this and that, and couldn't keep it together. How can this guy stay so focused? That's the question I have for you Well,
18: uh, it has to be something that it's very in himself. He comes from a boxing family, but no one uh, of none of his brothers really made it. Uh, they're a humble family, working family, a strong mother and father, and he's just, uh, obsessed with being the best. He had a, a wake up call, which he really, uh, was, uh, had complications when he lost to Floyd Mayweather. He thought he was going to be, uh, easily beating mayweather and he was a man of the moment he was very young and he got lost he lost and anyone at 21 would have simply have taken the 10 million dollars he made on that fight and have gone on to be a a one of the many examples of the who, who could have been great instead he learned from that fight he focused and he continued to train as hard as always and he just simply is not involved in, in any sort of uh, scandal. He's always uh, watching for his weight, always training, and it's just a work ethic. I, I have never seen that before.
6: Uh, that, that's, Mauricio, examples. that's why I bring it up is that it's so rare. I mean – I, I go. I look back at times, and there are a couple of guys that I was around and worked with, great champions, and I say to myself, if they would have, towards the end of their career, if they would have only been a little bit more disciplined, they would have won that fight. Yes,
18: absolutely. Um, Mike Tyson said, when somebody somebody asked him, have you ever been afraid in the ring? And he said, oh, yes. When you realize you are not in shape for a fight, and the other guy wants to to punch your head off, that's when you really get afraid. And that happened to Mike Tyson and to many who are in there and, and they did not do the preparation needed for a fight. And that's very easy. But uh, Canelo, Hopkins, Mayweather, those are great examples of uh,
6: of great work ethics. The WB, WB saying, of course, my blood is green, my heart is gold. Talk to me about the WBC website wbcboxing.com what does it have there well it's a good platform
18: uh, I'm very proud of our of our team we have put together a team of social media that work uh, with a good um, updating of the of the website uh, the, we have YouTube which is uh, some videos we're, we're trying to make a, a much better. Uh, presence with the uh, videos. Uh, of, of course, Facebook is uh, very popular with the WBC. And we also have Twitter, Instagram,
6: TikTok. And, uh, <laughs> They're LinkedIn. all there All right, Mauricio, Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney, are they going to fight this year or what? What's going on? Well, the thing is,
18: uh, that kind of fight is uh, intended to to take place when there's public, when there's fans in the arena, I get so that. hopefully they will get to fight by the end of this year.
6: Fantastic! Outside of that, I want to wish you the very best and say nice safe trip down there, of course, to uh, Miami and kiss your mother. You're such a—I'll go back to the mom thing, man. I'm—I'm I'm very envious of you. In fact, all of us are. You still got your mom. Hug her, kiss her. You can never do it enough, Mauricio. Thank you so much, and I,
18: I will just do that because uh when you lose your parents, it, it's something that will never. Come back when you lose a loved one. And I'm going to go and give a big kiss to my mom and to my wife and my kids.
6: Because you know what? They say it gets easier with time. No, no, it doesn't get easier with time. You know what I'm talking about with Don Jose. I wish you the best. We'll talk real soon.
18: Take care, Pedro. Have a nice Sunday. Thanks so much.
6: The great Mauricio Suleiman, president of the World Boxing Council on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Never fall in love.
14: The spread of COVID-19 is still unchecked across the nation, and you need to keep your family safe. Make a new habit and check your temperatures twice a day, once before dinner and before leaving home in the morning. You can't afford to take chances, so use the Exergen Temporal Scanner. Its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies, and it takes an accurate reading in seconds. It's the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Quick and easy to use. You can count on Exergen to keep your family safe 24
13: hours a day. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash so you already know there's cash inside before opening it. But in this case, it's stuffed with your first year cash back match and you don't even have to send a thank you note. Cashback match. Only by Discover card. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Discover. Something brighter.
16: Do you own a timeshare but can't use it because of travel restrictions, a change in life circumstances, or perhaps you can no longer afford the monthly payments or annual maintenance fees? If you feel stuck or just need to get out of your timeshare, Newton Group is here for you. They are the nation's oldest timeshare relief company, which means you can trust them. Read the reviews. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trust Pilot, and a proven track record to legally relieve you from the financial burden of your timeshare. Getting out of your timeshare can be tricky business, so it's important you go with a company you can trust. And nobody, I mean nobody, has more experience than the experts at Newton Group. For your free consultation and your free consumer's guide to Timeshare Exit, call 877-WE-DO-EXIT. That's 877-WE-DO-EXIT. Why pay for something you aren't using? Give us a call at 877-WE-DO-EXIT or visit newtonexit.com today.
15: Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home, guaranteed fixed or replaced, with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back.
1: 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. 800-410-4771. That's 800-410-4771. <laughs>
5: You know, it's my theory that if uh, Don King was born rich and white, uh, he'd be Donald Trump. And if Donald Trump was born uh, poor and black, he'd be Don King.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I guarantee you there's no problem.
6: Check it. 40 minutes past, 40 and a half minutes past hour. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, hour number two of the Sunday show, of course. February 21st, 2021, I want to date today's show because the bottom line is you might be listening to this delayed via iTunes or, or, or Anchor.fm, all those different podcasts available. Bottom line is this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the live edition Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217, and like a thousand other internet platforms. The scores uh, at the end of last night's fight, Oscar Valdez, of course, knocking out uh, Miguel Burch out in a big upset. 3-1 to one, uh, were the odds. In fact, some of those, that was Bovada's odds were 3-1, to one, but some of the other odds I was looking at were like four and a half, four and a half, five to 5-1, so you really got some weird prices last night on that uh, last night's fight. Anyway, the scores were 8. 89 88-81, 80, and 87-82, all for the winner, Mr. Oscar Valdez. Now, uh, rising junior lightweight star, Gabriel Flores Jr. was the winner last night, 20-0. Not a big puncher, though, even though he scored a six-round K over former world title challenger Jason Velez. Velez drops to 29-8 with a draw 21 wax. of course, who was the co-feature for Burchelt and Valdez last night, or Valdez and Burchelt. Bottom line is, it was inside the bubble. Time was one forty seven around number uh, 6 and Mr. Flores now 20-0 with seven KOs. Got up. Listen, you got I know he's stepping up in class, but you have to have more knockouts in order to prevail. I think in the world of boxing, and seven knockouts with 20 wins, it just doesn't work that way. I'm telling you. I mean, think of Josh Warrington last week getting lit up like White House, Christmas, like the White House Christmas tree by that Mexican Lara. Okay, 25 to one underdog got lit up. Can't punch, can't punch. I'll bring up Barry Gordy one more time. The president of Motown Records was a professional boxer in Detroit, trained by my good friend, the late Eddie Futch. Eddie Futch told him, you will never win a world title, son, because you can't punch. Gordy was 13-2, and fighting as a bantamweight, 13-2 and with like four or five knockouts. He couldn't punch. If you can't punch, it's sort of like going to a gunfight with a knife. Or maybe go into a gunfight with a Derringer and the other guy's got like a forty five. I mean, it's not going to be good for you. There's no doubt about that. And let's go back to Adrian Broner just for a second gotta mention this man because it was such a stinker anyway he should be arrested for impersonating a professional fighter i've been saying that time and time again of course embarrassing himself um last night's purse i guess went to the girl that he owed like six hundred and five fifty thousand dollars to of course he was the guy that paraded on instagram and tiktok and all those different social media platforms he had all these he was bathing in hundred dollar bills it had to be like two or three hundred thousand dollars worth of hundred dollar bills on on the bed next to him right and and there's this girl that's got this six hundred fifty thousand dollar judgment against him for some alleged uh for a sexual assault of some kind and um she's got this judgment against him so he's bathing all his money then he goes to court a week later and tells the judge he's only got like a dollar 39 to his name i kid you not anyway adrian they call him the prophet Hmm, i don't know i call him the boner adrian the prophet broner 34 4 and one twenty four kills two years off comes back and wins a fight with Ah, poor guy, Giovanni Santiago, he was undefeated coming in. And you guys don't realize the significance of this. I mean, he came in undefeated, and he won the fight. He won the fight, and what did they do? They screwed him. He landed 207 of 697 punches. That means he threw almost 700 punches over this 12-round fight. Okay? Mr. Mister Broner threw 308 punches, of which he landed 98. And therefore, three judges... Came up with a score of one fifteen, one twelve, one sixteen, one eleven, 112, 116, 111, and 117, uh, 111. In other words, that last one was like 8 to 3 as far as the rounds were concerned. And of course, it went with Adrian Broner. Now, how do you have a guy winning 8 rounds when he only lands 98 punches over 12 rounds and nobody got knocked down and nobody got hurt? And nobody, I mean, come on, man. Bottom line is that decision smells no doubt about that. You know, and much like, much like the young man from the Dominican Republic last week, of course, getting lit up like a White House Christmas tree uh, by Richard Comey. I mean, that was that was that was uncalled for because in his prior fight, he had beat the WBA 135-pound champion, Raleigh Romero, in Las Vegas. He beat him handily over twelve rounds. So, what happened next time out? They screwed him out of the fight. He didn't get his title belt. He is a world champion. He goes home to the Dominican Republic. They tell him, guess what? We'll give you another fight in Las Vegas. So he says, oh, okay, okay, I'll take it. They put him in with a killer. It was like a hired assassin. It was like they brought him. He was like a lamb being led to slaughter. I'm not trying to say he couldn't compete with Comey, but he couldn't compete with Comey. That power was just too much. I mean, that last right hand, Grandmaster Billow, said he heard it on the couch down there in South San Francisco. And, of course, the fight, I think, was in Las Vegas. The boom. Of course, no crowd. No crowds I mean you can hear the punches land a little bit clearer. But I'm telling you, man, that was a knockout. For the it was, it was a knockout that was unnecessary because he should have been defending a championship. But because of three and judges, okay, he didn't defend his championship. He had to come back and fight for a lousy twenty five or thirty thousand dollars and then get knocked out. So it's just not cool. Anyway, back to Broner, thirty four, four and one. Kid from Cincinnati, Ohio. At one point, time I saw him in the amateurs. I said, somebody sent me a tape." So what do you think of this kid? He's from Cincinnati. So you know he's got some abilities he looks pretty good I don't know if he's an Aaron Pryor or, or something like that but you know he, he's going to be uh, obviously Cincinnati's next star well he's turned out to be Cincinnati's next star and not the best way anyway on the undercard of the um Broner Boner Otto Whalen, remember him? I think he fought uh, Tyson Fury for the World Heavyweight Championship. Did okay. I think he even cut Fury. But he was uh, he he a winner last night, 22-1, 14 whacks. He took out Dominic Brazil. It was a 12-round decision. The scores were 116-112, which means 8-4 in rounds. 117-111, 8-3 eight, eight, in rounds. And 118-110, that means 10-2 in rounds. And former IBF Lightweight Champion Robert Easter, 23-1 with a draw and 14 KOs. An uneventful 12 rounds unanimous winner over Ryan Martin. When, when, the, when the reporter says it's uneventful, I guess it means it sort of sucked. Anyway, it was a super lightweight bout. The scores were 117-111, 118-110, and 118-110. I'm going to laugh about that. Um, February 27th, of course, Canelo Alvarez. Pound for pound, you heard Mauricio say, he's without a doubt boxing's king. I mean, there is no doubt about it. And as I said, he continues to impress me because I mean, I didn't want to bring it up with, with Mr. Suleiman on the phone, but Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., he had cocaine problems. He admitted it. I saw some big documentary on him. It was in Spanish, and I had to have somebody sit next to me because my Spanish is not all that good, Anyway, if if, if poor at best. Anyway, um, bottom line is they, had, they explained the entire documentary to me, and, of course, he was talking about going in his room and staying in his room for days at a time snorting cocaine. I'm talking about Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., of course. Then he uh, gets clean. It took a long time. He starts some rehab centers this and that, and then guess who gets hooked on blow? Julio, Sar- Julio Caesar Chavez Jr. I say Jr. gets hooked on blow, so he's got to go to dad's rehabs not once but twice. At the end of the day, I think Chavez Jr. is a loser, but you know, the pressure's on the kid. I mean, think about this: here you have a, um, here you have a legendary father, and you've got to be better than him. I mean, I just don't, you know, it's just, it's, or or even just like be the same as him. I mean, it's just not happening. I mean, with the exception of the rule, it usually goes the other way. I mean, Floyd Mayweather Sr., he couldn't fight all that well. Ray Lander beat the snot out of him. It was pretty, pretty one-sided. I mean, he wasn't all that much of a fighter, Floyd Mayweather Sr., but yet Floyd Mayweather Jr., some people consider him, and those of you that consider him this, uh, of course, you and I disagree, but you consider him like the greatest fighter of all time the greatest boxer of all time, makes me want to puke. I mean, I just don't, th- I just don't see it in Floyd. I mean, Floyd, uh, you know, I don't want to harken back to that old line, but, you know, if he was in pornography, there would be no money shots in the movies. You hear where I'm coming from? Because, you know, he would promise knockout after knockout after knockout. I'm going to destroy this guy. I'm going to knock out this guy. This guy won't last three rounds with me. Bottom line is everybody goes 12 rounds with him, and they're uneventful 12-rounders. In other words, if you've seen one Mayweather round, you've seen them all. So why do you want to see Mayweather anymore? They want to talk—he's talking about coming back, maybe doing an exhibition against 50 Cent, maybe Scott Cuddy, or—I mean, mean, that's what he's doing. He wants to—you know, I mean, his name—I didn't think his reputation was all that great to begin with, but in the minds of his fans, he's a boxing god. I kid you not. I mean, it makes me—it almost makes me sick because I think he's been—he's perpetrated the greatest fraud on the American public or the boxing world at large since Paul Newman and Robert Redford started that movie in 1972. It was called The Sting, and that was all about being a con. And I think that Floyd Mayweather is the greatest con of all time when it comes to boxing. Now, some of you may disagree with me, and I'll probably get all kinds of nasty texts and email. If you can text, if you want to text me, you can. The phone number is four one five two seven five one six one three. That's four one five two seven five one six Six, one, three. So Otto Whalen, keep an eye on that guy. He's a rough, tough dude, and I think he can upset anybody. He gave Tyson Fury a good run. But in heavyweight, he's a bit rugged, a bit uh limited as far as his overall skill is concerned, but I think he works double hard, and that's gonna rock for him. Uh February twenty seventh, Canelo Alvarez, of course, taking on Avni Yildirim. Uh, I think he's from, uh, I know he's from Iran. He's a reputable fighter, a good fighter. WBC and WBA super middleweight titles on the line. On the co-feature, Julio Cesar Martinez would take on McWilliams Arroyo. Of course, that was a WBC flyweight title that Mr. Rasulam spoke about uh, a bit ago. Of course, also on that same day on The Zone, guess who's going to rock? Joseph Parker. If ever there was a guy that didn't fight like a Samoan, it's Joseph Parker. He fights like a, like a wuss. I mean, like, a, here's a heavyweight Samoan that fights not macho-like. It's not the most macho guy in the world. Yeah, you know, like, you know, if you're a Samoan guy, you should be going out there and, like, laying people out. That's the way Samoans fight. They lead people out. They don't go 12 boring, boring, boring rounds. Samoan people are known for knocking people out. That's why when we rumble with them here in the gym... Everybody knows what I'm talking about here. Hector, you know what I'm talking about, is that we would let these guys do their thing in the first round. I mean, you know, let them throw a whole lot of punches. You keep your arms in tight. You know, there a block to shots, this and that. And then you come back in the second round, it's like a fight with a different guy. Because they, they throw their shots. Sonny Napopo, he was one of those guys, from a Samoan guy from Newman's Gym, he used to throw his shots in the first round, throw his wad in the first round, the second, third round. He was nothing as far as sparring was concerned. Anyway, Joseph Parker, former WBO title holder, taking on Junior Fah. Junior Fa is a Samoan of Cat. Uh, it was a battle of Samoan and New Zealand. Samoan, New Zealand, sort of like um, South San Francisco, San Francisco, like, you know, real close to each other. Anyway, bottom line is Parker's from New Zealand. Jonah Faw, I think, is from, uh, from Samoa. The bottom line is they're going to hook it up in this heavyweight bout February 27th on The Zone. Also on February 27th on uh, Fox Sports, they're going to come up with Anthony Durrell and Kyron Davis. Uh, I didn't know that Anthony Durrell was still fighting, but more power to Anthony Durrell. I think with the Durrell brothers, of course, they were given the pass. Who was it? Andre was given the pass because this would happen. Andre Ward, the eventual gold medalist in 2004, of course, undefeated world champion retired headed for the hall of fame now with the espn boxing team but in 19 in 2004 he wanted to fight in the olympics with his buddy andre durell so he wanted andre and andre he wanted andre to be in the olympics as well so andre ward could have won easily at 168 pounds instead he fought at 178 pounds he gave he put on another 13 pounds actually not in weight but he fought opponents who were 13 pounds Heavier than him, naturally, in order to give Durell the shot at the Olympic gold medal. Durrell didn't get it, but Andre Ward did. And, of course, when Ward beat that guy and beat the guy, I think it was a Polish guy, he beat him like it was 15 pounds heavier than him. Obviously, there was a size discrepancy in the ring. I remember Gary Radnich on Channel 4, he brought me on TV here in San Francisco. And when I told him that Andre Ward was going to win the gold medal beforehand, he told me on the radio that I was shilling for the hometown guy. Be serious. Have any of you known me to ever show for the hometown guy? Mm, that doesn't happen. In fact, I'm usually harder on the hometown guy than I am on, because than, than, you have to be, you know, because it's hard to strike the media in the middle. In other words, you got the hometown guy, you want to give him some props, and you have to be honest at the same time. So it's sort of like a tough road to, to cut there in the medium in the middle, no doubt about that. But anyway, February 27th, Canelo, going to hook it up with uh, Mr. U-Jim, of course, coming to us from... Iran, is this going to be a big upset? Hell no. Can you know I was going to smoke him like a blunt. I just will. February 27th, I sent Darrell and Davis. As far as Darrell's concerned, he's seen better days. His brother, I think, was hurt in the ring, and probably he should give it up, too. Because, you know, I'm going to tell you, people people laugh at this, and they say, you know, what's, what's one more fight? I have fans tell me that all the time. You know, is so-and-so going to fight again? I say to him, you know, let so-and-so retire. He's had enough. Oh, what's one more fight? Well, they don't see these guys at boxer conventions and these reunions and that kind of good stuff you know like 10 or 15 years later when you got to lead guys around by the hand okay? or you got to tell them when to stand up and bow hey, hey, hey guess what they're, 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 they're talking about you right now champ. stand up so they know you stand up away to the crowd you know how many events I've been to when they had to get guys to stand up away to the ground they had to tell them they didn't know I was talking about them that ain't cool that's why I'm down for 12 round fights and I'm down for fights that once they're competitive you stop them you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide
1: That's
17: 877-360-0402. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab Placement.
1: that's 800-403-5912.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: William Smokey Robinson turned 81 years old yesterday. I shared the stage with him, I think it was 1978 at the Circle Star Theater when he called me up there, said I was the best, listen, when he tells 4,000 people this is the best dressed man in the building, and he brings me up on stage with him to dance with, him, to dance a couple songs with his backup singers, you know I had it going on. No doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. you hey, I'm modest, I'm modest, you know that. You're inside, look at the world of boxing, MMA. Dillion White. Him and, uh, of course, Alexander Povetkin who hooked hook it up in their rematch. Of course, it's going to go March 27th. Man, I can't wait for this to happen. I hope that Dillian White and uh, Alexander Povetkin, that the same thing happens the second time that it happened the first time of Povetkin hit him with that right uppercut. Banger, that left uppercut. I remember which it was, but just knocked him for another world. The I mean, bottom line is I'm not a big fan of Dillian White, but Alexander Povetkin, he's an overachiever and I like him. Anyway, you have been tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. I want to thank my guests. i got to go down my list of guests here. Of course, we had uh, Dr. City of course, our brain doctor, and I'm trying to thank him. Every time he comes on, he brings us uh, some education in the world of neurology and, gu- and brains and that kind of good stuff and boxing. I want to thank Kenny Rainford, of course, the UK whiz that we've got, the Raincast. I want to thank Coach John Johnson, Oscar Valdez. Congratulations. And, of course, the president of the World Boxing Council, Mr. Rusio Suleiman. Of course, you can always check up on the WBC and the World Boxing Council by checking out their website, wbcboxing.com. My name is Pedro Fernandez. I was supposed to say hi to Miss Vega, so I didn't say hi, Miss Vega. Outside of that, it's been a great show. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, Ring Talk Live Worldwide is Saturday and Sunday live at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. each time, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 217, and about a 1,000 other Internet platforms. So next time, peace, love, and a ton of respect. Thank you for listening to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Live.